0: Bridge Toll, California customer service number.
1: Highway miles to the gallon. Ford Focus. Thailand
0: cave rescue
1: operation. What is schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother What's a good engagement?
0: Card How long gift? before a wedding should I send out save the date? How many games are in the first series Use of IMAP NBA to playoffs. check email best on best other email clients. Identify That's fonts
1: from where it. to find. We were four
0: years out Welcome to the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. My name is Benjamin Shapiro, and I'm the executive producer of this podcast. And today, we've got a special technical SEO episode for you, which is going to be hosted by Jeff Atkinson, who's the founder and CEO of Huckabye. Huckabye is a technical SEO platform that automates the process of improving search results to drive more organic traffic and make your website faster. Jeff is a brilliant SEO, and I'm thrilled to invite him to take the mic and share his technical knowledge with you. All right, here is a technical SEO episode of the Voices of Search podcast, guest hosted by Jeff Atkinson, the CEO and founder of Huckabye.
1: Hello, SEOs. My name is Jeff Atkinson, CEO of Huckabye. And this week, we're going to dig into various ways to think about optimizing content for search engines. Joining me is Damon Burton, who is the founder of SEO National, which is an international search engine marketing company that's worked with both Inc. 5000 and Shark Tank featured businesses alike. Having started his business right before the 2008 recession, Damon is familiar with navigating and growing a business during confusing times, including tripling revenue during the recent pandemic. Since founding his company, SEO National, in 2007, Damon has been featured in publications including Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, BuzzFeed, and USA Weekly as he helps big and small clients make more in a month than they used to in a year.
0: This podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs.
1: Damon and I talked about content is king, but are all topics created equally? And today, we're going to continue the conversation by discussing how to beat a unicorn on Google. Okay, here's my conversation with Damon Burton, founder at SEO National. Welcome, Damon. Our, uh, our web of connections uh, is growing as we've discovered another uh, connection that we've had. And so it's great to have you back on. And uh, yeah, we, we swim in similar uh, circles, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's funny how um, small the world truly is.
1: Absolutely. So this is a topic sort of near and dear to my heart from my time uh, at Overstock, taking on the likes of uh, Amazon and eBay for search rankings. It's tough to take on a unicorn. You have experience doing this. Yeah, it's tough, but it's doable. I think the the story here is, you know, I always say, don't get discouraged if there's a giant fish in your arena. You can still get. Number one rankings. Um, I know you have a story about taking on a a unicorn and beating them. Uh, Mind sharing that?
2: Yeah, you know, it kind of piggybacks off what we were talking about yesterday on the importance of content and relevance. So, this was actually before I started my agency. So, this would have been about 18 years ago. And my wife, she was watching Bachelor at the time, you know, a pretty well known show. Mm -hmm. And she kind of reeled me in for the season finale. And she says, Hey, you know, come snuggle up and spend some time on the couch and watch this with me. i like, okay. So we're watching The Bachelor and from what I had remembered in you know previous finales, they would leave a cliffhanger at the end. And so it's like, this is a wrap, come back in a couple of weeks, we'll tell you who the new guy is. But this time they said, hey, come back after the commercial. So in just a few minutes, we're gonna tell you who the new guy is. And so this was when I was new into entrepreneurship and I was eager and going, You know, why are people doing things? And this is an intentional thing they're doing, but, but I didn't understand why. And so I was paying attention and they come back and they announce this gentleman. And I thought, okay, let's go see who this guy is. And I, I get online, I start Googling the, the next bachelor guy and I could find little to no information about him. And I felt like I was a pretty savvy person at the time as far as how to use search engines. And I got thinking, well, if, if I'm not a diehard fan about this guy, And I know more than the average person on how to navigate a search engine. And I can't really find much on this. Just imagine the frustration of these diehard bachelor fans when they're hitting a dead end, trying to find out more information about this guy. So this was before I had my agency, before I had a laptop, I had an old G4 Mac in the other guest room. And so I told my wife, I said, I'm going to go in here for 90 minutes. And I ended up building out this like unofficial fan site for this gentleman. And I threw whatever SEO I knew at the time. I, I cataloged whatever public information I could find at the time. And within a week, I was outranking a billion-dollar company, ABC, for their branded term, Bachelor. Put ads on it, made a couple thousand dollars of passive income over the upcoming months. And so in retrospect, what I looked at, it was, you know, why did this work? And granted, SEO was a little bit easier back then, but the same concept applies what worked then to now. And what it is, is I solved the problem. And so we talked about the importance of content relevance. And so the problem that I solved was I I organized content in a way that the consumers of that audience could find what they were looking for. They wanted to find out biography information about this guy. They wanted to find hunky shirtless pictures of the dude. (laughs) And so it was like, whatever they couldn't find on other places was now centralized into, you know, we talk about authority and things like that. So the site became a perceived authority as an unofficial fan site for this gentleman. So, after that happened, I, I realized I could roll this out into other industries. So, you know, I, I could give you one other example, but I'll kind of pause there and and we can kind of talk about how, you know, that concept still applies today. We talk about unicorns, like you don't have to go tackle Amazon for like some super hyper broad term of just shopping store, you know. You can you can niche it down and and focus on what you actually offer as a product that you sell better or cheaper than the the big unicorn in your industry and then focus on the content that brings in that ideal consumer for that specific product.
1: Yeah. Well first off you don't have to uh you don't have to worry about admitting to watching the entire season of The Bachelor and just the finale that you got brought in on. I don't believe that (laughs) for a minute as a guy that's watched multiple seasons of The Bachelor. It's okay. I have a question just to follow up. So is this a brand new website? So, were you go- so you're probably going for terms like the new bachelor, but probably also his name. Mm-hmm. So is it a brand new from scratch website?
2: Yeah, I knew nothing about that guy 10 minutes before. Bought, I bought his name, .net, the .com he had, I bought .net.
1: Wow. And did the backlinks flow once you started to rank like somewhat because there was no information about this guy and because you had created this content, it seems like it'd be highly linkable content because it just wasn't, didn't it exist before, before you created it. Did the backlinks just sort of naturally happen um, in order for you to be able to outrank CBS?
2: You know, that's a really good question that I've never been asked before, and I don't know the answer. Um, so now I'm curious myself to go see if I can look up, you know, historical data on on the backlinks i did get some on message boards and other fan sites and so there certainly was some but as far as quantity great question i have no idea
0: time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor previsible so you're looking for seo help and you got a couple of options you could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on google you can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io.
1: I bet you did, because I bet what happened, and this is common, is like, Maybe you cracked into the top 10, and as people were or even maybe the top 20, as people were trying to find information about this guy, and they just weren't finding it anywhere other than on your site, I bet what happened was you started to crack into the top 20, and then you started to get natural backlinks because your content was unique, and you had all the answers. I bet that had something to do with it. But really cool story. Um, I'll tell a quick story of my own, and that's, you know, my time as the SVP of marketing at Overstock. We were going up, you know, our number one competition is Amazon. And if you're ever going to pick a competitor, that's not the one to pick. (laughs) Uh, So I feel like my SEO skills got really sharp as a result of competing against Amazon and eBay for that matter, too. But, you know, one of the things that and we were successful, right? I mean, we drove SEO from a channel of zero to a 300 million dollar channel in like four years. And. You know, coming at it, one of the things that evolved at Overstock was us finding niches of product that were high search volume, but not a ton of competition. And at the time, I'm going to date myself, this is like 2006, 2007, most furniture, bedding, all that stuff was mainly sold in brick and mortars. So as your Bed Bath & Beyond, which is Overstock now is, you know, Walmart, um, Macy's, so, the websites hadn't really, people hadn't gotten very strong at selling furniture and things like that online, but the demand was there. And so we went from this like electronics and jewelry and watches company and sort of pivoted into a home and garden company, which is what Overstock, now called Bed Bath and Beyond, is known for today. And that all happened just through keyword research because, well, we had to build the supply chain, obviously, but we figured out that this was an area of opportunity, high margins. We could ship it efficiently and, and you know, have the perceived that it would just ship for two bucks because the shipping costs were baked into the product cost. And we found niches that we could take from Amazon. Now the scary thing that happened at, you know, down the road is Amazon got into the home and garden game as they got into every game. And that can be daunting, but we had already built up such authority in that area as the, Place to go for Home and Garden that those rankings really stayed and remained and could beat out you know the unicorn that was trying to get us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you had another example as well. Do you care to share that one?
2: Yeah, there. Anybody that's familiar with the automotive industry knows that the the major convention is SEMA. It's this big multi day convention in Las Vegas. It's millions of square feet. It's just massive. And um, when I was in my mid twenties, big into cars and SEMA is not open to the public. So you have to either apply or be invited and you have to be in the industry at some, in some capacity. And at the time I had this automotive website. And so I was able to get credentials to go to the show. And if you've ever been, it's just overwhelming in a good way uh, about all the amazing things you can see. I mean, there's modifications for existing cars, aftermarket products, there's concept future cars, everything that you can imagine. And so when, when you leave that for the first time, you're left wanting more. So it's almost like I was the opposite. Now I'm the bachelor fan, right? And so I'm the one that's looking to try and find this stuff. And and it was very similar. I could find, you know, one website that had a dozen pictures maybe, and another that had a little background information. And I had taken, I think like 80 or 90 pictures while I was there. This was before, you know, smartphones and I had some little crappy phone and I didn't bring my camera because I didn't know what I was walking into. So I took what I had and started a little gallery. But then the next year, I I knew what I was walking into. And so I took a ton of pictures. I took, you know, 1,500 or something. And so then by that second year, I had enough images that I could create content around it. And so then I added to the the photo gallery and then started adding content and documented my experience. And so I started to outrank SEMA for their own term, SEMA show, SEMA pictures, SEMA gallery, SEMA photos. And um, same thing, was able to put some ads on there, make some passive income, do something fun that one ended in a cease and desist from their attorney. And they were very polite. I I can appreciate um, how they approached it. And a gentleman reached out and I don't remember his name these days. And and I looked them up and he was their attorney. and, And I also noticed on his LinkedIn that he was a former FTC attorney. And I figured that that probably was not a battle worth fighting and just kind of... Just kind of bowed out of that one, but but it was it was a great experience because then it reaffirmed kind of the common thread between these two stories is that you can find opportunity to go after major markets no matter who's already in the way if you can figure out a way to bundle up the content solve a problem bring it to your audience in a unique way.
1: Yeah, those are two really good ones. I think the you know the moral of the story is one: don't be intimidated by going up against a unicorn in SEO. It can be done. It's been done by both of us successfully. And you kind of just have to outsmart them by finding the user's intent and getting the right content and information in front of them. Well, that's great. Any parting thoughts on taking on a unicorn in SEO?
2: No, I I am excited, though, because as soon as we hang up, I'm going to go dig into the data on my old Bachelor site and see if I can find any backlink patterns on it.
1: (laughs) I think you probably got a lot of backlinks on both of those projects, uh, is probably my, my guess. Both those projects were backlink genius moves. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks to Damon Burton, founder at SEO National, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Damon, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is entrepreneurdb, or visit his company website at DamonBurton.com.
0: All right, thanks to Jeff Atkinson, our technical SEO guest host. If you'd like to get in touch with Jeff, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Jeff Atkinson. That's G-E-O-F-F-A-T-K-I-N-S-O-N. Or you could visit his company's website, which is H U C K A B U Y H-U-C-K-A-B-U-Y.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com awt. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S, dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. -J Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.